Hey everybody, welcome to Clark Talks, the Colombian's podcast where we bring you the stories and views behind the news. I'm Damian Pizzanti. And I'm Katie Gillespie. So we're on our last podcast of the year, last episode of oh, the year. Oh, it is so. the last of the year, yep. isn't it? Yeah, because next time you guys hear us, it'll be 2017. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so good riddance to this oh, man. dumpster fire of a year. If any of you out there have had a good year, I would love to hear from you. I want to write a story about you. Like yes. If, 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 if you can look at this year and say, yes, that was a good year then call us because I don't think that you exist. Yeah, I'm not convinced. I think think regardless of where you leaned politically, regardless of where you leaned in terms of like your finances, I think this was a rough year for... It was for me. Yeah, it was for me too. But nonetheless, here we are putting another one behind us and moving on to the next one. Uh, Let's all hope that 2017 is going to be good, or at the very least decent. I would even take passable. I would take. I would definitely take passable or decent for sure. Yeah. For but sure. seriously, if you had a good year, get in touch with us. I'd love <laughs> to know the good things that happened in your life. Yeah, definitely. I mean, some of you probably got like married or engaged, had, had kids, kids or grandkids, or yeah. I mean, there's nice things. Uh, maybe we're just jaded millennials who think the world revolves around us. It's true. I mean, that's probably true regardless of this year. But but... the world does revolve around us. Yeah, (laughs) right? Duh. (laughs) So we've been promising a very big episode for the last two weeks now. And we're terrible liars. We are. Well, maybe we are naive optimists Decide all of our previous complaining about this last year. Yeah, um, as as you guys who read The Colombian and are tuned into local news know, this year is Clark County Councilors David Medores and Tom Milkey's last uh, year on the council. So we wanted to kind of do a look back on the last four years and look ahead at what this is going to mean for the county going forward. I know that we discussed that on an earlier episode, but mm-hmm. uh, given some recent legal proceedings that the Councilor Medore was involved in, you know, we thought it would be a good opportunity to kind of reopen that door and mm-hmm. have another conversation about it. Um, especially with, with Nick Powers, um, Nick Power Medore's attorney, mm-hmm. um, who's been generally pretty amicable with us. Um, you know, he answered mm-hmm. my request for comments on a couple of occasions and has been, mm-hmm. um, has worked with Jake pretty well. And, but you know, I think it's kind of appropriate that, that Councilor Medore's, I mean, I don't think we should have expected either of them realistically to come no, onto the show. Because no. even before either of us got here, relations between the paper and Medor and his cohort were obviously not good. Oh, totally. But but it was kind of, um, you know, it was, it was know, a thing. Yeah. He, he but I really encourage you guys to give this show a listen because our latest county reporter, Jake Thomas, um, he has a really interesting theory about uh, Medor and his governance it's going to be a really interesting conversation, I think. If you like if you like local politics and personal drama, man, this is going to be a show for you. Definitely. And then uh, my beer is done with the first part. With yes. The first, uh, with the primary fermentation. Yep. So on Monday, I finally put my beer into bottles. Um, and so now it's just doing some last fermenting before we open it. And it might be terrible. I, I think I killed it. Damien doesn't think I killed I, no, it. No, you but. didn't kill it. Because anybody that's brewed will tell you that it goes crazy for like the first two days, maybe three. Maybe three. But then it just chills. And at the it's, most, you'll see like... it's super chilling. And that's that's what it does. And it just sit there and you'll get a little occasional like gurgle at the most. And the reason why is because... 
what has happened now is your yeast, your yeast and the alcohol content in the beer has kind of reached like an equilibrium point. Well, so no. you tell them the little yeasties are just like sitting in their own poop. That's how alcohol is oh, made. Oh, man. Yeast, if there's one thing that beer brewing taught me, is like yeast and bacteria, like their feces, really make things taste so good. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, your, your yeast is really like, they've multiplied like crazy. They've eaten a ton of the sugars it, that you've put inside of there. And they're kind of at the point now where everybody's getting a little sleepy and like there's not that much oxygen left for them to keep reproducing and there's not enough sugar to quite help them reproduce. I still think it's going to be kind of crappy beer, but it's a first go, so. I don't think that's true. I think you're going to be, <laughs> you're going to crack it. Everybody thinks their first batch is going to be awful. Oh, yeah. Awful. Mine was awful. Because <laughs> Beca- your friend screwed with it, right? Yes, yes. So real quick story, you guys. I, when I first started brewing beer, was in college, and I was being very meticulous and very anal and trying to, like, rigorously measure all the ingredients I was putting in. And my buddy, who was helping me, quote-unquote helping me, was like, just just put in, just put in more. Put in whatever you want. Why are you following a recipe? And I was like, I'm, I'm following a recipe because I'm trying to do this right and uh, that just didn't work for him. And every time I would turn around, unbeknownst to me, he would dump in another handful of just stuff and not say anything to me. And just beer it. stuff, though, right? Just like an extra just handful beer of stuff. hops. Tons more. Of... Like tons of more hops and, and grains. Just tons of stuff. And when I opened that batch and drank it for the first time, I was like, God, this flavor is so strong. Just <laughs> weird. I don't know what happened. <laughs> And then he's like, oh, yeah, I poured a bunch of stuff into it when you weren't looking. <laughs> so I had six gallons of beer that no one wanted to drink. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. But I drank it anyways. Yeah, because you do what you got to do when you're in college. Yeah, and it's a lot cheaper to make it than buy it. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Um, so that's going to be our episode, guys. Yeah, yeah. Usually we like to break it up into two into three parts, but this is just going to be a two-piecer. I mean, it's the end of the year. You guys have plenty of other stuff to do besides listen to us. You have other podcasts to listen to and yeah. people to see and things yeah. to do. We have those things, too. So. Yeah. Consider this, consider this our gift to you. Less time <laughs> having to listen to us. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Anyway, stay tuned. All right, guys, so we're sitting down. Well, I'm sitting down. Damien is on assignment today, but I'm sitting down with Jake Thomas, who we introduced you to earlier this year. Uh, he is our still relatively new, um, not so new anymore, county reporter here at the Columbia. I've so. been here since October. Yeah, a couple months. A couple months. Yeah, a couple months. That makes you, <laughs> well, that's that's pretty good. Uh, that's pretty good seniority and Colombian, <laughs> the right. Colombian. So, um, so. We were going to bring in, we had initially, we'd been promising you guys for a while that we were going to have a really cool episode and, and that things were going to be really interesting. And part of that was, was that we thought that um, Clark County Counselor Dave Medore's attorney, Nick Power, was going to be joining us. And that didn't happen, right? Yeah, Nick uh, wouldn't uh, come on the podcast. I, yeah. thought, I thought he would. Um, he's talked to me in the past. but uh, And I was hoping to even get uh, um, Counselor David Medore on the podcast as well and david if you're listening and i bet you are you're still invited <laughs> you're still you're always invited you always are we'd love invited. to talk to you it's <laughs> it's I, I i wish we could get your perspective more in the paper yeah same same that's kind of the eternal frustration of the 
county government reporter here at the Columbian. So, but I, you know, things things might change in the in the, or, well, they're going to change in the new year because counselors Medor and Tom Milkey are out now. Yep, so the start tomorrow is the big switch. Is it's official? Yeah, Thursday. So Thursday. by the time you guys are listening to this, it's official that we have new two new counselors on the board. So um, yes, we will have uh, John Blom and Eileen Quiring will be the two new two replacements for Milkey Medor. Cool. So, uh, Jake, bring us up to speed on um, the most recent legal challenges uh, at Clark County and where those are at in the process and, and if they will continue going forward. So the re- most recent one was uh, – or most recent news with the, all these legal problems or legal drama at the, at the county is uh, David Medore had to stay in court with his writ of mandamus um, last month. And explain what that is for – people that maybe not don't know. And so it's, it's, uh, it's a writ of, he, he, his attorney, Nick Power, um, filed a writ of mandamus, which is basically asking a uh, superior court judge to uh, declare, to, to make certain declarations of something to, to declare. And he was asking for three things. And his attorney says this is a very, a very, uh, a, a rare, fairly rare legal maneuver, and it's uh, pretty significant. And uh, for this petition, he was asking for three things. He was asking to be able to view all the uh, communications between um, uh, between the prosecutor and the prosecuting attorney's office and um, the county manager, mm-hmm. if I'm recalling correctly. And uh, he was also asking for a declaration that the county or, or a he's asking for the judge to order the county to post all contracts even if they're for sensitive HR investigations, but to post all contracts on the county's website, which is which is required under county code. And the third one was for um, for David Medor to get his own special legal counsel that was going to be paid for at the public public uh, expense. And he was arguing that the the prosecuting attorney's office had become so conflicted in, in during these political squabbles that they couldn't give him straightforward advice. And these are these are sort of rooted in historical uh, counselor Medora, I think asked the, the county to pay for his legal his legal uh, representation quite a while ago I remember seeing an email in in a public records request where he was requesting that um, I think back very shortly after uh, county planning manager Oliver Ogiaco filed his uh, uh, whistleblower complaint against against David and so so these are sort of rooted in some ongoing headbutting um and he only won on one of those he won on one of those and his i I had a conversation with nick power and he he didn't like how i framed this in the article that he he said it was was, it was like a hockey game keeping sort of hockey game but that's what happened he won one out of three of these i don't really not sure how else to frame (laughs) it um but he won um, because because the county argued that this was maybe not such a big deal. I remember Mark McCauley saying and then Nick saying that it was a big deal. Was that sort of the idea? Was yeah, he that, well they were saying um, Nick was saying that this was a big deal that a writ of mandamus is a big deal legally that it's re- rarely done and if you um prevail in one of them that it then it's it, it indicates that uh that, that something of significance legally is happening. It that it's, like it's a lot of legal jargon. It's a lot of legal jargon, but he, he acts like this is a, it's a rare, it's, it's a big rare move to do a writ of mandamus. And he, even to prevail on one of these, he said it was really significant. And I, he, he complained that I, I didn't give that enough attention in the article, even though I don't know what I'll say, because, but he won one out of three, which is, right, right. that's, those are the facts. Right, and right. But the one he did win is significant. He, where he won was, uh, a superior court judge ruled that 
the county needs to post all of its contracts um, on the on the grid, which is this it basically its website where it publishes documents. Yeah. Um, the only reason it's called the grid is because it's in a grid. It's in shape. a grid format. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very useful. But he, um, uh, but 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 for a while the the, the county had not uh, had been not posting its sensitive HR co- uh, investigations contracts with outside lawyers to investigate Medora and Milky. And part um, of the history of this is that the county uh, charter grants the county manager full authority to execute contracts. But very shortly after the county charter went into effect, the county council approved an ordinance saying, post all your contracts online. That allows us, then the public, to to give them a look. If anybody has any problems with what you're about to approve, then they can raise it. So it was sort of a checks and balance type of system. Um, And then when it came to hiring Rebecca Dean, who investigated um, Oliver Orgiaco's complaint against um, Councillor Medor, that was not posted online. um, and, right. and Mark McCauley, when asked about that, because that was in violation of that county ordinance, when asked about that, said that because it was sensitive, because it was uh, because it was HR mm-hmm. material, right to protection, um, that, that he didn't feel that it should be posted. And this is actually then the second time, because when when I believe it was Councillor Milky's recall petition went to court, even the judge in that case, because uh, that whole situation was mentioned as, as a part of that recall uh, petition. Even the judge in that in that instance said, you know, if you have an ordinance, this is in violation of, right. of an ordinance. So, so this is the second time a, a, a judge has said the county is in violation of its own code by yeah. not posting these these uh, HR contracts. And there was there was several of them that they didn't post. I did did a public records request, and there was there was a bunch of four contracts that weren't uh, posted onto the grid. Um, there was there was the Bowman uh, Stegall um, yes Bowman Stegall contract. That was uh, investigating a whistleblower complaint from Jennifer Clark, who is a staffer in the, um, the, the, the then the commissioner's office, mm-hmm. um, saying that they the two met in secret. The counselor Medor and Milky. Yeah, they met in secret in violation of uh, the state's open meetings law. Mm-hmm. So that that wasn't posted on the grid, and and neither was the dean, um, the Rebecca Dean uh, contract. That wasn't posted on the grid. And there was another one, the Mary Blanchette contract, uh, right. wasn't posted on the grid either. And that's a, that's a totally different issue. Um, she was a, she was a county staffer who, uh, did, did Headed the children's justice, ch- yeah, children's justice, uh, center. And, uh, she was, uh, had, had some, some, uh, allegations that she was, uh, something she was just an abusive person to work with. Yeah. And so that wasn't posted on there either. So, um, what was the fourth one? The fourth one was something with the, 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 it was from May and it was with the, uh, Tony Golick's office. It was, so these are all investigation. I yeah. mean, there's a thread here. Yeah, there isn't, here. there isn't. You know, it's not counselor or, or it's not Mark McCauley going rogue and right. filing, designing a bunch of contracts for street repairs or right. for, for uh, new parking meters. Right. right. They're all related to HR. They're all related to HR investigations. Okay. And the county has argued, their, their attorneys have argued that that they uh, that that under the public records, the state public records law, they can uh, not post these on the website and uh, Nick Power would argue that no you the county code is very clear and you can just use some redactions you can just do some redaction on these and you'll be in compliance with public records right right and he's won he's this is an issue that David Medor has is winning on for sure he's for like sure. I want to make be really clear on this I wish David Medor would talk to us but he is <laughs> but he is winning he won yeah he won he's, on this he's one. winning on like he's been consistently winning like he's had a two ju- two superior court judges who have uh, said that the county is violating its own code. And also he turned in um, a petition. He got over 250 people to sign this petition 
that is right. uh, that, that's overturned. And effectively, what it does is it overturns this ordinance that the uh, council passed um, this fall that says that the 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 county um, manager doesn't have to post sensitive HR investigations contracts for sensitive HR investigations. Gotcha, gotcha. So he he got that overturned. It's even get more um, the spring if he can get more signatures. I think it's like nineteen thousand signatures. Yeah, based on the number of people who elected in the last presidential. I think. Last presidential. Yeah, so, so I think it pencils out to about nineteen thousand. Okay. So yeah, if right. he can get those, and there, I think there's a good chance he will, then it will go to referendum. So this issue is ongoing. It's not over. Yeah. Okay. And David Mador is winning so far. Like I just want to say that on record. Like by <laughs> any objective assessment, he's winning. And and is there is there any other outstanding things for? Yes, in his the big world? one that I think it might drop this week. Um, it might drop next week, but it's going to drop pretty soon. Is the Supreme Court is going to weigh in on, uh, the the lawsuit concerning the recall petition filed by um Tom Milkey. Oh against, wow! Against okay. uh, it was, it was against three members of the council against. Uh, Mark Bolt, Julie Olson, and uh, Jeannie Stewart, Stewart, who are the yeah. majority voting block. Right, um, right. And that's going to be heard by the Supreme Court pretty soon, possibly tomorrow. But they, the, the, okay. they met in, in bonk, which means – I might be mispronouncing that, but that means no no oral arguments. The judges just get together and discuss it. And But they will be – forming a ruling on it very soon. And a superior court, a Cowlitz County Superior Court judge threw that, threw that it competition out. out. And now so. it's gone to the Supreme Court. And they appealed it at the Supreme Court. So that'll be interesting to watch. So definitely we'll continue to feel the effects of Tom and David here for the, yep. the next, at least the next few weeks, next, next few, few weeks. months. And don't forget about Don Benton. That's, uh, oh, yeah. he's well the, <laughs> he and two of his allies at the count, when he was environmental, uh, director of Envi the department of Envi environmental services, mm -hmm. He um, has filed a tort claim um, alleging that he was harassed while he was there and unfairly fired. Right. And it's right now, as far as I know right now, it's just a tort claim. Uh-huh. So it hasn't actually been filed as uh, a complaint. It okay. hasn't been brought to the court formally. Okay. Wow. So still a lot of, uh, a lot of ongoing things here for Clark County. So yep. um, you and I were kind of uh, spitballing and talking about uh, about what effect uh, Councilor Medor and Councilor Milky have had on, on the council. And um, it, it's interesting this last four years, how much it's been dominated by personalities and, and just kind of the way that people are. And, and I think it's going to be really interesting going forward to see, you know, we still have Eileen Quiring on the board who, who said, you know, by her own, you know, said that she agrees with pretty much everything that Councillor Medora has done, everything that he has proposed. So I think we're going to see politically um, still a councillor who is very much in line with his politics, but who personality-wise, I think, tends to err much softer, much more collaborative, um, just in, in my brief experience covering her. I mean, can you talk a little bit about the, the in your few months covering the county, what's kind of struck you about some of the personalities, how that's affected um, Council Medora's ability to get stuff done and uh, what what might happen going forward? Well, right now it's because things have gotten so bad at the county. Its relationships are so broken. Um, on the county is that that David Medore can't get anything done. Tom Milky couldn't get anything done. They couldn't. Uh, they would pa often. I mean, at the uh, I, I think the best um, example of this that I saw was during um, when they heard the budget, when they had the final hearing on the budget, approved the budget. Um, D David Medore and Tom Milky they had more than twenty amendments. Oh. I think everybody lost count oh. of it. Like I asked county staff, they lost count. Wow. And it was all um, three to two votes. No, like they, right. it was all they were all voted down. 
Um, and it, it, it got to the point where I was live tweeting it, and Twitter won't let you put the same wording of something twice. In, so you in can't day. put three so to two. So I can't two. put it. They both <laughs> failed three to two. Like I had to keep coming up with new ways to work oh that. Oh my God. And I. <laughs> Um, but that went on for First long, for problems. hours and hours. And there's some of those, some of his amendments. He might have had some good ideas in there. He might have had some really good ideas. Like yeah, the, there was one that you mentioned. Yeah, it was about, about the, the vehicle, vehicle allowance that seemed it was reducing the the counselor's vehicle allowance, which seemed feasible and seemed like it could have gone through. But the thing is, is it seems like from my viewpoint, it seems that Tom Milkey and David Medor have just burned so many bridges that they can't get anything done. Like they can't, they don't. They, they have don't have great relationships with staff and the other, rest of the council. And so some of these amendments, had they been meeting with other councilors and meeting with staff and presenting their case and making some compromises, then they, they could have got something. I think some of these amendments you probably would think, got Especially passed. vehicle allowances. Yeah, with the vehicle allowances. I mean, seemed, for crying out, yeah, reduce your vehicle allowances. Yeah, it I think seems that, like that's a good That could have been a winner. <laughs> that could have been a winner. And there's some other ones that, frankly, I didn't understand because uh, Tom Milkey and David Medora have stopped talking to the paper. And, uh, and it, it was weird because at one point um, they presented like an entirely different budget, an alternative budget. Right. And, uh, and during the, the hearing, budget, the people's budget. Um, and and during the hearing, David Medor pointed to me and said, well, the Colombian please publish this. And it's had, you know, had David Medor been talking to me. Had, had I had he a, given you a call and said, I'm going to pitch call, a budget today. Pitched a budget. Like really had any member of the council called me up and said, hey, I think the council's making a big mistake here. I want. I have a different point of view. I would like to communicate that point of view with you. I would have listened to him, right? Like, or any member of the council had right. said that to me. I or I would have gladly listened, met with them, and listened to them. But no, relationships matter. That's the. Yeah. Um, I guess is is you want to get things done on council. You need to play nice with others. If you you need to, you're not always going to get your way. You need to compromise. You need to work with others. Totally. Do you think the new counselors will be more successful at that? Um, it's too early to say. Well, it's too early to say right now. I mean, they, they both expressed to me that they really, really want to play nice, that they really want to have good working relationships with the other counselors. And um, they're both both of them were previously members of the planning commission. Yeah. So I, I think that speaks in their favor on that point, that they have to work with other people. They have to cast votes. They have to compromise. They have to really understand someone else's point of view. Um, and, uh, John Blum beat David Medor in the primary, mm-hmm. um, pretty clear signal that pretty clear signal that people wanted to change. And he was a lot of people who backed him just wanted somebody who was going to be more cooperative. And, right. Um, I'll inquiring served in the Oregon legislature. So I, I, so this isn't her first, you know, this isn't her, her, her first, first time, go around, yeah. first go around serving in a legislative body. So. Um, so it'd be interesting. It seemed like she is more politically aligned with Medor. In fact, didn't Medor endorse Quiring? Medor endorsed her, and yes. she and she, I believe it was either in a meeting with me or in an Ed board meeting, said I, I pretty much agree with everything that Councilor Medor has done. She was the only person on the planning commission who consistently spoke in favor of and supported um, all components of Alternative Four Councilor Medor's controversial zoning proposal. So, um, so politically, I think we're going to see a very very similar sort of counselor so yeah i mean but i think that she says she wants to play nice and wants to go along well with others and mm-hmm. and, and i think just just seeing you know she's you know she, just see, she's been able to see how successful Medora has been right um with the sharp elbowed approach and right. i think that she's I, I i it's clear to me she's taking that to heart that she understands that you need to actually talk to other counselors and work with staff right and, collaborate and collaborate and talk to the paper and um so i think that i think she will have a different approach 
Cool. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, do you think we're going to see much of, of Tom and David in council chambers anymore? Uh, well, come into public comments or anything. Uh, that's a, that'll be interesting. I, I kind of think they will. I know, I know that, um, David Medor, he posted something on Facebook after, uh, after, you know, after it was in earlier this month saying that he was still going to be a leader. He still intended to be a leader in Clark County, mm -hmm. even though he wasn't in the elected capacity in, yeah, in elected capacities. But he said he, I remember see, seeing some posts on Facebook that he was going to still be involved. He said something about how he was going to be trying to work with the Trump administration to bring, uh, two toll free bridges to Clark County. Um, okay. I was just, I think I was just reading the paper yesterday that, um, <laughs> that it's not clear if Congress is really going to get on board with Trump's, uh, plans for infrastructure um yeah. so we'll see how that goes um so and he you know he has uh, another news outlet in in um in the county he's and i think that. Yeah. he's got that and it, i wouldn't we have not seen the end of him i'm yeah. quite confident definitely and also it's also worth mentioning that he's brought a videographer to board time meetings yeah and um and so they've always captured david mador giving some really impassioned speeches that would look really good on the campaign, campaign ad yeah yeah so i and think it's sharp video have you seen some of the videos no they, i haven't they're, they're, he jim carlock who who shoots videos at a lot of these council meetings um he uh, has been posting them on on vimeo and i mean they're they're sharp videos good mm -hmm. high quality so yeah i don't know if uh if we'll see those again you know, yeah be on a tv screen you might see those on a tv but... screen or yeah, but I, I suspect we have not heard the last of David Yeah, Dior. yeah. Um, any big stories you've got coming up that? Um, well, I have a story that coming up. Um, it might be out by the time uh, this podcast comes out, but I'm doing a, a story about taxes and how they work in the county. Yeah. Um, so I keep getting calls all the time about anytime I, I mention the word taxes at all in a story, I get phone calls and emails saying, "My taxes are going." My taxes going to what is happening? My taxes. Yeah. Um. So I'm doing a story just explaining how taxes work. It's in in this this year the um, the the county council did vote uh, to take a one percent increase in the total property tax levy for the mm -hmm. county, but that doesn't mean that every single individual parcel is, is going to see a one percent increase on their taxes. Right. It's much more complicated than that. It right. just means that the, the overall pie, the tax pie, so to speak, has gotten bigger. Right. And so that means, and if your property taxes go up, uh, if your property value goes up, your pro property taxes are likely to go up. But if your property value has not gone up very much or has stayed flat, it's entirely possible that your taxes will go down. So let me say that again, your taxes might go down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know it makes zero it's sense, but, but, read, people's mind right but now. read read my article. It explains how it works. It's it's a pretty complicated process. I tried to, to really boil it down, but yeah. I have that coming up. And You had an interesting story in the paper today about uh, Assessor Peter Van Nortwijk's proposal um, or idea to potentially consolidate some counties. I thought yeah. that was a, an interesting read. Can you talk about that a little bit and what? Yeah, so he and um, he's been working with Doug Lasher. He was a Democrat, and Peter Van Norwick is a Republican. They're buds. Every time yeah. they they like, I feel like they work really well together. Yeah, yeah, it seems like they have a really good working relationship, which is is you know, I think a lot of people would find refreshing. That, um, but but also these offices, the you know, assessor, treasurer, auditor. I don't. I don't understand why uh, they're. I don't understand why they're partisan. Yeah. So anyway, but anyways, uh, so they've been working on this idea. Um, they they they're, they they did crunch some numbers from OFM, and they've determined that it'd be more efficient. To uh, to fold some the, the a, a dozen of the state's smaller counties into their bigger neighbors, but it gets a little bit complicated. I talked to some people in Skamania County, and they're just gonna have to figure out how exactly how they're gonna 
deliver all these county functions. I mean, a lot, right. 80% of the county is uh, managed by the federal government. So that's a huge complication. And then right. you have to figure out roads and fire and all these different things. And I think people just don't like the idea. They like to have their county seat right there in Stevenson. So so you're looking at a, at cost savings from consolidation yeah. of services, but then what about the expansion? Of, it sounds like that hasn't been been right. researched or identified. That hasn't been, but they have convinced Dan Rivers. They, they've convinced her, um, they've, they've given this presentation to area legislators and state officials. And Ann Rivers, uh, she's a senator, a Republican senator from the center. Uh-huh. And she's um, she's not totally on board. She's not saying consolidate start these, these consolidations. Yeah, but go she, for it. She's not saying that. She's not saying that, but she says she will introduce a study bill. Okay. That will uh, direct um, staff at the state to to analyze this idea and see if it does make sense. Yeah. At the very least, what this could reveal is some ways for um, for counties to share and collaborate um, and maybe find some cost savings by by uh, just consolidating some services and maybe not go whole hog and right. have one county assume control of another county. Yeah. But, but right now, counties are struggling uh, all over the state. Um, they're, they're, they, they aren't able to raise, they can only raise uh, their, their property tax levy, which is the big source of income by 1% annually. Right. And it's not, in a lot of counties are finding, including Clark County, are finding it's not enough. Right, right. To, to keep up with rising co- employee costs and and all the cost other- Cost providing services. Cost providing services. And, and they really do a lot and they can't raise enough revenue. So I think some, if they do do this bill and they do do this study, I think it will produce some ideas that'll help counties save some money and um, and, and deal with these uh, these ongoing deficits that they've been dealing with. Well, a lot of uh, a lot of good, interesting stories still to come, even though things are changing on that beat. So, indeed. All right, thanks, Jake. All right, thanks, Katie. All right, so for the last section of our podcast this year, we are going back to my kitchen. Last time we were here, uh, Damien had come over and was helping us brew some beer. We got as far as making the wort and running it through a primary fermentation process. Um, so it's been doing that for about three weeks now. Um, the recipe that we followed suggested two, but the holidays got in the way. So I'm hoping this is going to be okay. <laughs> um, the uh, uh, had a couple of mishaps here, and um, I didn't realize that you were supposed to put water in an S-lock. So we learned that. Um, and now I'm in the process of making a priming solution as well as sanitizing the all the equipment that we are going to use for this process so hopefully it should be pretty quick we've got our bottles all cleaned we're just going to hit them with a little bit of bleach and some uh and some water to some boiling water to to give them one last little bit of sanitization and uh and then we'll be on our way to drinking beer here in about a week so we'll keep you updated as we go through this process here All right, so we are now siphoning our wort, which smells a lot better than I thought it was going to. It smells great. It smells really great, actually. It smells like beer. Mm-hmm. Into our priming solution. So- well, it sounds like you and Jake had a really good conversation. Uh, man, I wish I could have been in on it. But I wasn't because there was a train that derailed this afternoon. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. But don't panic. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah, just the wheel popped off the track, right? Pretty yeah, much? literally towed it till the wheels fell off. Oh, that's yeah. silly. Yeah. But I mean, that's one of those things that is going to get people in a frenzy. And Oh, yeah. All you say is train derailment coal. People are going to lose their minds. Yeah. Those three words. Where was the where was that train heading? 
So it was actually headed to British Columbia. Gotcha. Which surprised me quite a bit because I was expecting it to be going to, at least part of it, to be going to uh, Centralia where like the... Um, the coal-fired power plant is yeah that's but it's all going to be it was all going to bc it's all going to bc and it was from montana right from montana okay. and my guess is probably i mean i don't know this for sure without hearing it from them but my guess was it was probably those massive coal fields that are in wyoming and montana oh yeah yeah I and mean, that's a big big uh big coal part of the country so mm-hmm. um yeah and on a on a lighter note i think our beer went I don't know. On a scale of one to ten, ten being an absolute disaster, probably about like a six. <laughs> there was beer all over the floor. Oh I, it was a God. sticky. It was a sticky mess last night. Well, I, wish I, could, <laughs> I wish I could have been there to help you guys out with it. Yeah, I think you know what I think it is. Is I think it was just sort of like the blind leading the blind. I think that on our next go yeah. around, it would be a lot more successful. But it was just me and me and Justin, so it was like my partner and so it was like what are we doing i don't know do you know nope let's wing it so well the important thing is how it tastes yeah and um what do they call it when when uh when they age whiskey and a little bit evaporates out of the barrels mm-hmm. they call that the angel share so we'll so the d- 10 bottles worth that i spilled on the floor is like that's what i'm equating that Satan's with yeah share no that's uh it could be if you really wanted it to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's all on the floor. So. <laughs> well, it'll. I'm sure some of it evaporated. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, now pretty here in a couple of weeks, we'll get to tell these guys how it tastes and how you did. Yeah, definitely. So, Katie, would you recommend other people go try brewing beer? Yeah, I I think it was a fun process. Um, you gonna brew another batch? I think so. I think yeah. so. Last night was kind of stressful. We had some other stuff going on, and we're frantically trying to brew beer in the midst of some other things. And uh, so, uh, <laughs> beer, beer is one of those things that you need to create space where just that is happening. Right. At right. At the most, you're eating a slice of pizza or fried chicken. Yeah. Well, oh, fried chicken would have paired well with brewing beer. <laughs> yes. So we've got a, a long weekend coming up here with the new year. Again, we we're going do. into the new year. We're gonna be so. talking to people next year. Duh. Isn't that wild to think it about? It is wild. So do you, and speaking of which, we're going to be talking to people about, people about New Year's resolutions, right? Yeah, we're going to do an episode next week about New Year's resolutions. If you, Katie, do you have any New Year's resolutions? I, I do. I have a few. Um, I've decided that next year is going to be the year of really um, kind of nourishing myself and caring for myself. I think mm-hmm. that in years past, I've had these um, these goals of saying, like, I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to learn how to do a thing or I'm going to uh, mm-hmm. pay off credit card debt. And it's mm-hmm. all been um, it's all been sort of with with change in mind and with uh, with changing who I am and what my life situation is about. Mm-hmm. But I think this year I'm going to go into the new year with the attitude of like, yeah, I want to lose some weight and get into better shape, but it's because I want to take care of the body that I have and I want to I want to mm-hmm. I want to love the body that I have and mm-hmm. and you know, I want to get out into the woods because that's an important value to me, not because it's something that I feel like I should do as a Pacific Sounds like you're putting a more positive so. spin on these goals. Yeah, exactly. It's less, less about focused, like focused, more like reward focused. Exactly. It's less like I'm fat and I don't want to be fat and more like I love who I am and I want to care about myself mm-hmm. sort of. Cuz you do these things for the people you love yay i get that cool how about you well 20 i mean i think 2016 sucked for everybody but man it really sucked for me in a lot of ways yeah and because of that like part of just like coping with it i have just kind of i dropped like a lot of my good habits 
um, in exchange, which in exchange just to like, just to keep myself going and be productive and all those things. So, um, I figured I've uh, like, I spent this year, like I said, kind of in the weeds. So next year it's kind of the same thing where I'm like, all right, I'm at this point. I'm like, I feel like I'm back to ground level again and pretty centered. And, um, now it's just like a chance to, I guess, embrace some new things. So short answer, um, in the process of being all sad about some close friends that I lost this year, I let myself get kind of fat and quit working out. <laughs> I used to work out a lot and then I got chubby here and I probably honestly like didn't go 110% in my reporting like I used to. I hate mm-hmm. to say this if my bosses are listening, but I <laughs> probably was going at about 80, 75. Well, and I think the thing is, is that is that especially when you're a writer, I think that what feels like 80 for you doesn't mm-hmm. feel, because I feel that way too. But oh, really? I know we've both done some pretty, pretty good journalism this year. Yeah, so. yeah. nonetheless. But like, so anyway, I decided like this year, like I feel like I've healed and figured out uh, how to go forward from all that gnarly crap that happened. So now I want to get back into shape as everybody does this time of year. Um, And I want to teach myself how to code a new language. Mm, mm -hmm. And also I want to get those creative juices flowing again. Yeah, how so? Um, well, I used to just write constantly. I used to uh, dance a lot. So my girlfriend and I were going to get... Nuh-uh. Yeah, I'm a great dancer. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean... Swing dance? Like, what, do you, what does that mean? <laughs> so um, it means a lot of things, actually. It means like... Uh, well, Jesus, listen to how arrogant that sounded. Well, it means a lot of things. <laughs> I'm a great dancer. <laughs> so, so you think you can dance? Nuh-uh. Yes, I mean, I like I've, I've did swing dancing forever, um, but it's it's awesome. more, more like a I guess jitterbug. Oh is my god, what that's awesome. It. I mean, I would like I grew up in a town where all there was was bluegrass. That's true. So I did that a lot, and I also am like a really good hip hop dancer. Shut up. Swear to God. <laughs> but uh, Narissa, my girlfriend, she's a very good like salsa and tango. And so I really want to learn those Latin dances. So we're going to learn those together. Oh, cool. That'll be fun. Totally. I also like, I just, you know, there's so many creative things I used to love to do. I used to do a ton of ceramics. I used to do a ton of photography. Um, I used to write like crazy when I got home from work. Like journaling? No, and like, like fiction y type poems stuff. Poems and or, fiction okay. and just all kinds of weird stuff. And so, yeah, I want to get those things fired up again. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so well, it'll be interesting like, to see what everybody else says that they want to do yeah, this year. Yeah, sounds like it'll hopefully be a productive year for you. I hope so. Well, we survived this one. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's still a few days left, but there is. Well, we survived this one. Let's hope no other famous people we all oh know and love God. dies. Oh, my God. Carrie Fisher. Yeah, that's so sad. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. God. So who was the celebrity death that probably hit you the most this year? I think Prince hit me pretty hard, actually. Yeah. I, yeah. I, um uh purple rain is kind of a special special album and (laughs) related uh you know and then and then the movie for me my mom and i one night we were like flipping through the channels late at night like Mm -hmm. nine ten o'clock at night and purple rain was on at like one in the morning on one of the upper channels and Mm -hmm. i was like hmm i think i was probably like 13 or 14 mm-hmm. and she was like we are staying up and we are watching this movie and we stayed up all night and watched that movie and i just i loved it it's <laughs> so good it's so good it's so good it's so good uh-huh. um and then i spent that summer um 
just listening to that album just mm-hmm. on repeat. So I think mm-hmm. that's a special one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really sad. Um, it was pretty sad when Carrie when Carrie Fisher died. Um, mm-hmm. I I was not a big Star Wars fan as a kid. I, yeah, my mom either. just wasn't a big fan of it, and so we never watched it. But mm-hmm. um, you know, being a, a coming into it late in the game and knowing what an advocate she was for uh, for mental health. She was and, a lot more than just Princess Leia. Oh, so she, much more. She's a rock star. So much more. So the Carrie Fisher that I kind of came to know and love was 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 absent you know the princess leia mm-hmm. noise and and mm-hmm. you know her for her stand-up comedy and um some of the, the speaking that she did on mental health and her writing and um and a lot of what she had to say really spoke to me and so that was really that was hard hitting yesterday um how about mm-hmm. you? Any celebrity deaths that were hard for you? You know, uh, David Bowie. I'm usually pretty immune to when celebrities die because you know it's like I have no connection to them. Mm-hmm. But to my surprise, like I took David Bowie pretty pretty heavily. Yeah. And then uh, I think the biggest one though was Muhammad Ali. Yeah. That guy, you know, he stood for truly like a monumental figure, such a rare human being to have such like physical prowess but then also be such a such an intellect totally rare combination yeah so. yeah so yeah that that sucked those are my two i'd say yeah yeah anyway um as much as i hate to end a podcast on such a sad note (laughs) (laughs) um listeners if you guys want to tell us about the celebrity death that really hits you the worst maybe it was the guy who just died that wrote watership down or oh yeah he died too oh my god yeah so many good ones so many good ones he was 96 though so that was that's kind of that's kind of that's kind of yeah um so if you have any New Year's resolutions or any celebrity deaths that made you super sad, you should email us. Yes. At podcast at Colombian.com. Mm-hmm. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Maybe make that your New Year's resolution. Yes. Actually subscribe to us. Yes. <laughs> and you should also make it your resolution to tell at least three of your friends about how awesome our and podcast is. And tell your three is. of your friends to tell three of their friends. We'll just, we'll pyramid scheme this. Although yes. I'm not afraid of that. I don't care. No, I am not afraid to go to jail over spreading my podcast. <laughs> So you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and visit Colombian.com every Thursday to find the latest episode of Clark Talks posted online. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.